And welcome back, everyone, to the Pack Out Podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm Aaron, along with Cody. Um, first order of business, I'd like to formally apologize to uh, a one Mike Green. Um, last podcast, if you listened, Cody opened with a couple lyrics from a, a Mace song. Mace, for those of you who are not uh, as hip-hop inclined as we are, is a 90s rapper. Um what what were a couple of his big songs? Oh, welcome back, breeze, stretch, shake. What, there was one that you mentioned. What what's the one you like? I, I can't even think of the name now. <laughs> I feel terrible because I like I really enjoy his music, but I can't think of the damn name. Um, I mean, he did he did all about the Benjamins with mm-hmm. at the time it was Puff Daddy. Yeah, I don't yeah, even he know was. what he's called now. I think he um, just Diddy, right? I think he's just Diddy, yeah, yeah. Not not as good as he was, but no. I know. Here, way. I thought I was serving you up a softball. I <laughs> just I nothing, absolutely I, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I dropped the ball on that one. Um, Feel so good. That's the one that I really like. Uh, that's yeah, probably the okay. one that he's, especially like the opening, the opening rhythm to that song. Like everyone's heard that before. Um, which that one that's based off of a. A 70s song. I can't think of what it is. But anyways, anyways, apologize to Mike. I should be better. I need to know better mace. No mace better, but uh here we are. So um <laughs> end of end of 2021. Uh end of the first, I guess not calendar year, but actual year of the podcast, or however you want to call it. Um yeah, about nine months, I think. Yeah, maybe started it was started March in March, something. right? Yeah, March. Yeah. Yeah, so, end of March. So it's been fun. Um, had some good conversations, had conversations we didn't think we would ever have, which is, you know, the big reason why we started doing this. Um, you know, we got to talk to guys, talk to guys like Trail Kreitzer. We got, we got Potter on a podcast, the guy that swore he would never do a podcast and we got him on one. So that was a win for me. Um, pretty cool stuff. So we appreciate everyone listening. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think we did what, 20 or? 22 i guess i don't even know what episode we're on i think we're if we're not at 20 we're we're close yeah we're definitely close uh, i can't remember what it is either we i think we took a couple weeks off at random times but uh just kind of how it goes but no it's pretty good we got we got a whole list of stuff that we're gonna try to get to in 2022 and you know more grouse stuff more deer stuff more elk stuff etc we're gonna do we're gonna try to get some ice fishing and steelhead stuff on here soon um, with the seasons coming up, um, hopefully ice fishing seasons coming up. Well, I say that living in Pennsylvania, Michigan, you guys will have ice. Yeah. It was like so. 60 here today. Yeah. It it's was not supposed to stay that way, but no, it, we, we've got 60 tomorrow. Been warm. Yeah. 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 We've got 60 tomorrow and then a cold front hits and a whole bunch of rain and cold and should be fun. But, uh, but we appreciate everyone that's listened so far. We appreciate those who, you know, like, and comment. Uh, we appreciate those who share our podcast. Shout out Joe Swanky. I think you've shared like four or five of our podcasts throughout the year, more so than we have. So we appreciate that. Um, but, uh, but tonight we're gonna, um, we're gonna kind of do a recap of our year. Um, the way that we're going to do it, uh, we're gonna kind of, I'll lay out the structure a little bit for you. Um, we're going to talk about a couple topics. One, what's going to haunt us 
So what from this past year of hunting and fishing is going to absolutely haunt us? Uh, kind of like, you know, wish we could do it over. Um, something old, something new. I tried going along with the, uh, the, the wedding saying something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. But then I realized I was trying way too hard. So I stopped that and left it at this. And we'll kind of go over like things we tried, won't ever do again, things we're going to try. Tell a couple of our best stories and then kind of look at our goals going into 2022. So how's that sound? Yeah, I think that that sounds good. Be uh, be some good conversation, hopefully. So yeah, hope so. Um, one thing I want to hit on though is that it is application season. It has started with Idaho's clusterfuck of a deer and elk and antelope and whatever else they do on their random inline drawing thing. Um, I think deer just sold out today, actually. That's incredible. It's December 15th. Yeah, it was some, I think it was non-resident deer. Don't quote me on that, but something with Idaho deer just sold out today. I didn't read the whole thing, but. That's amazing. Two weeks. That is absolutely amazing. Three years ago, you could go buy a deer tag in June and be fine. Yeah. Times are changing. Yeah, they are. And uh, kind of speaking of that, you you brought up something to me yesterday, and I didn't quite understand it, so I want you to kind of retell it again. What's going on in, in Montana? Uh, you mentioned something about non-resident elk, and it's not looking good. Yeah, their whole um, management plan, I guess, with elk has been uh, interesting, to say the least, the last, boy, I don't know. I think even going back into maybe – you know, last winter, some of this stuff was coming up. Um, but yeah, I've been seeing stuff for non-resident elk in Montana for probably the last four or five days and just keep telling myself I need to go back and read some on it and just keep forgetting to do it. But finally, last night I got around to reading an article, um, and I need to do a little more research on this. So I, I may not be as thorough on the topic as I should be. Uh, but it sounded like they're going to change some of the structure within, uh, draw, uh, quotas, I guess you could say for elk in Montana. So, you know, thinking like the brakes units, um, and some of those units, uh, that are more highly sought after draw units. But what it sounded like is, uh, they were essentially going to lift the cap or, you know, convert it to like an over-the-counter opportunity for non-residents, I think through guides, or if they were like private landowners, but the, you were still going to have to draw on public land. It was just going to like basically slash the quotas in half. So again, it's kind of another dig to the, uh, DIY public land guy in Montana, much like it was when the outfitters, um, kind of helped usher all that legislation through the back door back in, I don't know, March or whenever, I guess, whenever that happened. Yeah. I remember them sneaking that in. So so this is, this is just for bonus point units then? Yeah. Yeah. So for, yeah, not the general tag, this would be like for your draw units, um, and I, like I said, I need to do some more research, so we'll give an update if I've missed things. But um, essentially, it sounded like it was going to to cut quotas for guys that are applying DIY public land in these units. Um, so, yeah, I mean, kind of another feather in the cap for outfitters, because if you're going to get a tag in those units on private land through an outfitter, then those quotas don't matter anymore. Or if you're a non-resident uh, landowner in Montana, you know, which probably isn't any of our listeners. I wish it was, 
which is myself. <laughs> We'd but, like to have a beer with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, um, you know, that, that was going to change where those people would have to draw a tag now. So like the article mentioned that there were already, you know, realtors looking into this for potential clients because there's obviously private land in these units, um, where that would be a selling point. So interesting, but, but not great for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, you have to wonder what that does to the possible trophy potential of some of these units too. Yeah. It can't be good. I mean, like you look at the breaks, numbers aren't as good. Maybe, you know, the elk are a little more pocketed, but yeah, the trophy potential, I mean, the age structure, it's definitely managed for more of a, um, trophy potential than it is opportunity. But yeah, you get rid of quotas. You're not able to control that very much. And I think some of this is, is being done under the guise of there's too many elk, but there's lots better ways to manage elk than what they're doing with this. So, yeah, I mean, I can, I think that's, that where, that's where it comes in. That's where it comes down to those like, well, there's too many elk in Montana. Well, what parts of Montana, you know, there's parts of Pennsylvania where, yeah, there's definitely too many elk. There's also parts of Montana of Montana. There's parts of Pennsylvania <laughs> where, I mean, you can go days without ever seeing a deer. So yeah. those have to be managed completely differently. And I wonder if that's kind of what you're getting at there. Well, and I think a lot of this is, is more, uh, social pressures, you know, this is more social science than it is actually biology. Yeah, that's fair. Which is unfortunate, but it's part of management too, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, I remember what, that's what Chad said, Chad Stewart said, it's that social science is much, is, is as much a part of managing a, a state wildlife herd as it is biology. It's not just biology. Like we all kind of wish it would be. Yeah. So. I think the, the biggest downside is that we've already kind of taken this hit, I think earlier in the year, um, you know, when they changed the, the point system essentially for guys that are applying through an outfitter. You know, so they definitely cater to the outfitters in Montana. I mean, outfitters were uh, were kind of crying foul, I think, with the the beginning of this, and I don't know if they can <laughs> say that anymore. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And you're talking not just are you talking all? I mean, obviously not. Maybe not all guides think this way, but when you say outfitter, are you saying that they own land, or outfitter as in they're a general guide that guides on public? I would assume this would be more the the latter here would be probably more um probably more private based land. on the private, yeah. Okay, but like yeah, earlier in the year it could be guides that were guiding on public. Um, but now that the tag has changed a little bit and obviously you can get more points if you're applying with a guide and et cetera. But right. yeah, the latter here would probably be more more guide focused on private land. Gotcha. We That's shall a lot, see. Man. Yeah. Yep. I don't like the direction Montana's going, but we'll see. See what happens. Yeah. Well, I guess on to, well, maybe not on to happier things because the first topic we've got is what's going to haunt us. So I guess we'll just kind of keep on that little melancholy trail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why don't you, you want to lead us into that one? Yeah. So, you know, I had to think about this one a little bit. I mean, I didn't have... I mean, turkey season was terrible, but turkey season is, isn't going to haunt me. Um, but been there, done you know, we, that, huh? Huh? I said you've been there, done that, huh? Yeah, you know, I gave it my best effort there, so uh, you know, right. I can't really complain too much. But you know, 
thinking through the season and what I did and what I didn't do, I think the biggest thing that haunts me is not going after that bull in Idaho. Like we had him chuckling. He responded. We put just a little bit too much pressure on him and he wandered off. Like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. obviously, you know, we can judge this all we want, but I just think that, uh, I mean, obviously we made the wrong decision because he wasn't there the next day and thinking back on it, like, you know, we didn't get a whole lot of bulls talking all week long and we finally found one that wanted to play a little, I mean, we should have ran him off the mountain if anything else. So that's the one that's like, you know, kicked myself in the ass for It's just like, man, you should have, you guys should have really just redid your plan, screwed it up and just hammered him more and just get him to come in. So, yeah, I think especially, you know, for guys like us, you have to kind of look at it as a numbers game. Like the, Mm -hmm. the more opportunities that you can work yourself into, the more likely that one of them is going to work out. You know, uh, you think about guys like Phelps and these guys that are killing elk every year, like they don't need a half dozen or a dozen opportunities to get it done. Whereas guys like us that are, are just kind of getting into it, you know, we obviously need all the opportunities we can get. So I think that's fair. You know, you kind of either have to put yourself in a position to, to make a play, or like you said, you kind of have to just put the pressure on them and you're either going to kill them or, or push them into the next drainage or over the bridge or, you know, whatever the case may be. Well, the way that I, I kind of look at it is, is, with elk hunting, we, when we go out West and, and for a lot of guys, when they go out West, you have seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days to do it. You need to put yourself in a position to fail because that's the only way you're going to put yourself in a position to, to kill the bull or kill a cow or whatever. And we didn't do either. We backed off and said, we're going to try it. We'll come back the next day because we know where he's at. So that's kind of how I look at it too. So. Yeah, most guys in general probably aren't aggressive enough anyway, so I think you kind of got to hedge your bet on being being more aggressive than not. So, yeah, yeah, for that's sure. That's a fair point. For sure. But otherwise, I don't really have a whole lot of, uh, you know, wish I could take a mulligan here and there kind of deals. Um, how about you? Anything you regret? Any, any, any haunting memories from 2021? I don't know that I really have a, a ton of regrets. Um obviously wish some things worked out differently. I mean, I had, uh, I really had a good Turkey season. I had a good fall, uh, from a deer hunting perspective. I, you know, I did fairly well catching some smallmouth this summer. So overall I had a pretty good year. Um, obviously, you know, I wish the, uh, wish the elk hunt had, had been a little more successful in terms of filling the tag, but, um, you know, kind of, I guess kind of looking at back at the summer and, and, uh, getting ready for elk season. Um, something I didn't do that I did, I probably did differently when we went before is I definitely did more cardio in the form of running, which I didn't do this year. Cause I kind of had that bum hip going. Um, mm-hmm. so I did a lot more biking and I think that was fine, but I did notice a difference. You know, I felt like, um, my, my cardio was certainly better with, with running. So, um, that's something I'm going to get back into soon here and either, you know, find out if my hip's bad enough that I'm going to have to do something about it, or if I can run with it, then I'll, you know, I should be good to go. But, um, from a preparation standpoint, I guess that's probably one thing that stuck out, you know, just, I think fitness is something that we're always kind of working on improving upon. So that's something that'll be at the the forefront of my, uh, 
preparation this year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you on the, on the cardio aspect. I mean, my legs in Idaho were perfectly fine. Like I, I wasn't sore one day the next after climbing up that mountain, but my lungs felt it. And it was one of those things like day three, I realized like I just didn't do enough cardio. It's not altitude. It's not adjusting. It's me. Like I just should have done more running, maybe more intense cardio than what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you. I do wish I yeah, fished I felt more pretty good year. overall, but yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I had a, I had a pretty good stretch there for a while and then kind of, I guess once the weather we, uh, we got warm and, and water got low for a while there and then we did get some rain and kind of bring things back around. But I, uh, yeah, I probably had a good month, good month of smallmouth fishing. Mm-hmm. I guess I regret not landing that like 18 to 20 inch smallmouth, but <laughs> I don't know what I had done different. It just would have been cool to see him in the net. Yep. I do remember you, you sending me that text that you just lost a, just lost a tank or something like that. Oh, it was a giant reaching, reaching for my net on my, uh, pack on my back. Oh, I think he just sucks. got, I think he just got some slack and well, just, yeah, just they, it's amazing what they can do with just a little bit of slack in that line. It's almost like yeah. they know it, which they have a hook in their mouth. So they probably do. Yeah. That was a bummer. Anyway, but I, yeah. I don't know. I tied into a, I think my best was like a 16, but I had some good numbers days where I caught probably a dozen. So that's I'll solid. Back. I'll be back after him for sure. Nice. Nice. Very good. All right. So do you want to take this one? I can take it. It doesn't matter. What do we got up next? I just got a few notes written down. So, okay. Something old, something new. So one thing we tried and we won't ever do again. Yeah, take this one first. All right. I got yeah. a couple ideas, but. Yeah, so this one was hard for me to come up with because I didn't really, there wasn't anything, at least a ton of stuff that I I, I tried out this year. and was like, oh, I'm going to try that and see how it works. Um, but one thing I tried out was those damn tuna packets for like lunches and stuff like that. I'm never doing those again. That was terrible. They looked like cat food. Um, they tasted okay, but like when you're going up the mountain, the last thing you want to do is burp up tuna fish. Like that is terrible. So just, was it just like a straight tuna packet or was there like, like mayo or what, what are we talking here? Um, so my uncle actually packed mayo packets. So I do, I do a, a tuna packet and a tortilla and then I throw some Taco Bell sauce on there and then a little bit of mayo. So like, it wasn't terrible. The chicken mm-hmm. was way better. Like, Chicken tasted like a cold chicken taco. Like that was pretty solid. But yeah. the tuna packets is just like this is just mediocre at best. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I didn't do those. I've I've considered doing those, but I didn't I didn't do those. Yeah, skip that. Yeah. <laughs> just skip it. <laughs> it sounds like um, it. It yeah. Like but it. otherwise, like I said, like I didn't I didn't change um I didn't change anything on my, on my saddle setup. I didn't change anything really on my bow, um, that I wouldn't do again anyways. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. I made, uh, I definitely made some changes, but, um, I think most of the changes I'll stick with. Change some gear, change saddle setup. Some things we'll get into, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think most of the stuff that, that I've done nah. at least so far, I've been good with. There, no, there's one that you won't ever do again. Single What's step that? sticks. Oh yeah, true. 
I was not a big fan. I don't know. I mean, they're more compact. You could probably get used to them. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of just having like the one foot down, one foot up, you know, yeah, it's at, weird. at times you have your, all your weight on the one foot. Like I'm used to like both feet top on the top of the stick. And then I'm hanging the next stick, climbing up with one. That was kind of weird. So I, you're right. I, uh, I probably yeah. wouldn't go back to single step sticks. Oh, even, even when I would hang like permanent stands, not permanent, I guess, but like stand and stakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the stinks that like link together, you can get them for like 50 bucks at Walmart for 16 feet or whatever. Yeah. Even those, like I hated buying the single step ones. I'd always try to buy the doubles only because so many times coming down in the dark, I'd forget like, like maybe I had a link that I put on backwards or something. So I'd have two right steps and not a right <laughs> and a left yeah. and I'd forget about it. <laughs> then all of a sudden yeah. I've got my knee up into my chin yeah, that's so, not good. No, no. Yeah, they're uh, they're not for me. I know a lot of guys like them, and I'm I mean I'm sure you get used to them, but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that is something that I will I will not be using anymore. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, we're scooting right along tonight. Uh, one thing that we tried and will continue, and it can be more than one thing. I've got one A, one B on mine, but you can go first. Um, uh, probably the I guess probably the biggest thing I. I changed this year. Um, at least that comes to mind is I, I pretty much redid my whole saddle setup or I'm in the process. I guess I'm not quite done. Um, but I went to a bigger platform. I, uh, I went to a trophy line mission and that thing is fantastic. So I will certainly be using that in the future. Um, I dropped my pack. So I used to carry a frame pack and, uh, and pack everything in that way. I dropped that. So now I just carry the platform on my back sticks to the platform, um, change sticks. I haven't used them yet, at least in a hunting scenario. I'll probably use them this weekend. I think I'm going to get out and try to shoot a doe. Um, so I've just kind of 450 or with your bow. Yeah. 450. I'll take the, uh, take the heavy artillery. It's late doe still here. Just take the hammer and drop it, man. Yep. Yeah. I have two tags. So if I can fill a couple, that'll be, that'll be ideal. So yeah, I'll test that out. But I guess that was probably the biggest thing I did was I dropped my pack, went to a different platform. Um, I'm going to try a new saddle. I don't have it yet. So I, I, you know, I guess I don't know if I'll stick with that, but I, from what I've read, I imagine I will. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You've, uh, right towards the end of the year there, all of a sudden you were just like, I'm changing everything. At least it seemed like you didn't say that, but like you switched your, you switched out your sticks got the got the beast ones and then you switched out your platform and then next thing i know you're like have you seen these saddles it's like no <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. i just ordered one <laughs> it really started because i just wanted to get rid of that damn pack and i don't I, like i don't mind the pack i never minded the pack in the tree it's like it's not the end of the world but um i mean just it changing the way i hunted a little bit this year um you know jimmy has that new property where we had some buck bedding and trying to get in a a little bit closer to those deer and you know just the, i feel like the less fiddling around i can do at the bottom of the tree the better so like i i just hated like standing at the bottom of the tree messing with straps messing with buckles like it's just now like i pull the sticks off platform goes on my back and you know i'm up the tree without without much fiddling around so that's kind of how it started and then uh jimmy actually bought that mission first and i'd kind of been looking at bigger platforms and platforms that folded up um better 
like the platform I made uh, kind of stays flat or it folds like at a 90. So it wasn't a okay, great, yeah. it wasn't a great option for carrying on my back. So that was kind of why I started looking at different platforms. Um, but then once I had, I had messed around with Jimmy's mission a little bit, I kind of knew that's where I wanted to go. And then the sticks, I mean, the muddy sticks just, they don't pack well on a platform like that. I mean, they pack well, I mean, they pack good enough in a, you know, on a frame pack, but any stick you're going to use is going to pack. Okay. On a frame pack. And they're just, I mean, they're kind of heavy. Like they're just, they're not ideal. So that's when I started looking at sticks and yeah, I ended up ordering some beast mini sticks, um, which are their 20 inch model mm-hmm. and then some lone wolf custom gear, double, double steps. And those were nice too, but the beast sticks just pack better. Uh, I think they're a little more sturdy on the tree, at least for me. So sold the, the custom gear, double steps stuck with the, the B sticks. And then, yeah, I'm an, I ordered a TX five saddle, uh, lone star from, uh, Matt Tompkins. And it's kind of cool. He's hand sewing all those down in Texas. Um, extremely custom. Like you could pick your Molly webbing color. You can pick your saddle. Oh, color. Yeah. I played like, with that. Like if anybody, yeah. if, if anybody listening ever messed around with like the Nike ID site, when you're like designing your own shoes, that's exactly what it feels like when you're picking out the various colors. It doesn't pop up like a graphic, like the Nike site does. Yeah. No, there's like seven different camos and. Oh yeah. uh, You, 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 I mean, I could put like six different camos on this thing and then not be out of place with what I'm already wearing. So yeah, just match it up to everything. There you go. You could, you could. (laughs) So, but But uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I was going to say, we'll go into a, um, a more in-depth podcast or you're going to do a video, I think at yeah. some point, probably in mm-hmm. the spring, once it's nicer out and you can get up into a tree yep. um, on a nice day and kind of break everything down. So yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. He's got a few things that, that sold me on it. So we'll see. I should have mm-hmm. it probably, probably within the next month, maybe sooner, but I don't know. It was, I nice. ordered it during a black Friday sale. So I'm, I'm sure sales were up. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine so as well. So. What about you? What's uh, what's one thing you changed that you think you'll continue moving forward? Um, so a couple of things I changed that I'm going to continue to do moving forward. One, um, Potter talked me into running my dog without a beeper and just having the GPS. And I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. I, I thought that I would be... That day. I, I know, right? Like, I thought I would be... I don't know if paranoid is the right word, but um, I thought I would be constantly looking at my GPS, wondering where she's at. Um, But the thing to remember is that Autumn's a seasoned dog. Um, Her range is pretty well in place. I mean, she's, you know, anywhere from, depending on the thickness of the cover and what I do with the whistle, she's anywhere from 40 to 100 yards away. I like her in that like 60 to 90. That's like a sweet spot for me. But, you know, we, we hunted a lot of calm days this year. Um, so I could hear her pretty well. Uh, we could see her because she's white. Um, and she'd check in whenever I, I kind of had her check in. So, like, it was really smooth. And and I definitely, you know, it, I say we, we bumped in, you know, we ran into more birds this year. But I think that is also just it was a good year for grouse and up here. Yeah. Um, that, and I think we're picking up on some things as far as getting better at driving the truck and parking in the right spot. But it just seemed like the birds, they weren't as jumpy 
you know, they, you know, kind of mm-hmm. what, kind of what Potter said, like they're not as jumpy. They're, they're more, um, I don't know, at ease being on point. I don't, I don't know if that's a thing or not, but like, yeah, I mean, she pointed a bird at Potter's at that Potter shot. She was, she was close enough to it that we thought it was a woodcock and it was a grouse. So yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Um, I tried maybe, to like peepers. I never, I can never could. I tried to, I bought one. I, I see could never could never do it. I like a beeper because I always know where she's at. And when she's on point, I don't have to look at my GPS as I'm walking in kind of a thing that, and it's a more instant read as far as if she's on point, the GPS has like this weird delay so I'm three, four seconds behind if she goes on point, whereas the beeper goes off immediately. But, you know, again, a lot of the times that when she went on a point, we could, we could like, someone would say, you know, I'm hunting with three, four guys. Mm-hmm. She would run through a patch of cover or something like that and not come out the other side. They'd say, I think she's on point. We start walking that way and, you know, the whistle goes off on the GPS. So. I don't know. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Makes me want to kind of look into that little watch deal, but mm-hmm. I also don't want to spend the money. <laughs> it's not yet. So right. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, and then the other thing I did, which, which sounds kind of weird, but um, I tried to not as tried to not put as much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes, especially with, with, with bird hunting, I put pressure on myself. Um, and really at camp, I put pressure on myself to make sure other guys are getting on birds. Um, because it's a big crew. crew. We split up, you know, there's three hunting groups usually that, that spread out and I want guys to get on birds. I want guys to, I mean, not necessarily kill birds because that's, you know, that's up to them, but like, I want guys to get numbers as far as flushes and, and points and stuff like that. And this year I didn't worry about it as much. I told them, I was like, this is what you're looking for. And, but, but to their credit though, they've all learned what to look for. They've learned that the grouse are where you find them. If we're finding grouse in this hunting this, and that's what we did this year. And it was an absolute blast. And I didn't realize it until like Saturday. I was just like, this has been the most stress-free camp from a hunting perspective that I've had because I didn't have to worry about nothing. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely more enjoyable that way. I mean, I, I can certainly understand the pressure aspect though, especially like you said, you got a group of guys and you know, you're kind of the one organizing it. So it feels like some of it's your responsibility too. I'm sure. Yeah. And Travis for the longest time has always told me, he's like, it's not your responsibility. Like quit (laughs) worrying about other people and just go hunt your hunt. And yeah. And of course I'd, worry about other people instead. So, right. Yeah. I'm not going to say Travis was right, but, but Travis was right. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'll say it for you. You're welcome. He Travis. won't ever listen to this. I was going to say, he won't hear this, but if you do, probably not. Um, I think, uh, I guess one other thing, I think I did a little bit differently this year and it, it's maybe kind of been an evolution over the last few years. Um, but I think I was a little bit more mobile, uh, in my deer hunting game. Um, certainly hunted spots that were historically good, but, um, I think I was definitely more open to moving 
you know, kind of adapting, hunting the fresher sign. Um, like that piece I mentioned at Jimmy's property, uh, he bought that back in boy, August, September, or, um, you know, right before season. So, you know, he had done a little bit of scouting, but a lot of that was, was scouting our way in as we'd go. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I only hunted there a handful of times, but I think I've, I've seen a mature buck every time I've, I've sat that property and, you know, even like the, the bucks I killed just, um, kind of trusting my gut where I needed to be and, and moving trees and, and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I'm not saying I'm some great white hunter by any means, but I feel like I'm, I'm definitely evolving when it comes to that, being able to kind of get where I need to be, hunt the, you know, hunt the sign. Um, I'd like to get out on public and, you know, and, and kind of test some of the theories too. It's just so hard when I have good private spots that are producing, but sometime yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah. That's man. When you, and especially you, you, you've got what, two properties that you can go to. Yeah. Two, three, three that we have. Yeah. I've, so you, I have one on permission. Jimmy bought one and then we have a, a property together that we can hunt. Yeah. I mean that, that's tough. I mean, I know that, you know, if that property we hunted that we hunted this year that I got my buck at, if that was only a half hour drive, man, it'd be real tough to go walking a mile and a half back into public land. Yeah, that's for sure. The only, like the only, the only downside to the, to the private, I think sometimes it's easy to fall into the trap of hunting last year's deer. Yes. You know, and like, if I would have done that this year, like the, the property that I spot or I shot my second buck on, like, you know, I, I kind of started out sitting historically, uh, in the, in the area that I, I would. And that was not, you know, like I was 60 yards off, hundred yards off, whatever. And it, but historically since I've been hunting the property, that's been good. So it would have been very easy to just be like, well, I just need to put my time in, in this area and it's going to produce. Mm -hmm. And eventually maybe it would have, but things were so wet that the bedding had shifted. The travel pattern had shifted. There was crops on the other side. Like, you know, I think it's easy to fall into the trap of not putting the pieces together. And that's, what's always intriguing about public is that it's always changing. You know, there's always in, you know, to a degree that's not always helpful because obviously there's lots of outside pressure too. Um, but yeah, I think it's just something on private that it's easy to kind of just hunt. Like I'm going to put the time in, in this tree and eventually it's going to produce and maybe it will. Uh, but I certainly think you can be more successful by being able to adapt a little bit too. So I feel like I've gotten better in that sense, just trying to, to adapt to, uh, the settings surroundings for the, for the current time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I can kind of speak to that too. This year I got kind of complacent in that. I wasn't hunting the fresh sign. I wasn't hunting the newest sign. Um, I mean, I still killed a, I still killed a good buck. They still killed a doe. Uh, I guess you could say in theory that was based on, you know, recent activity seen by Chris and Greg. Um, but as far as my public land spots go, I didn't really go outside of the box with where I sat. Um, I tried it first and I said, screw this. I, I know where, I know where rut sign is. I'm going to go to those places and it didn't work out. Um, I mean, I saw some bucks the last night of, uh, bow season, but I had a, you know, my buck tag was already filled at that point. So to that point, like, you know, that's something I need to be better at with deer hunting with grouse hunting though. That was the opposite. We, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of fruit, if any. There were cranberries and, or at least what we call cranberries or wild raisins or whatever. And 
acorns. And that's where we were finding grouse. So every single cover we hit, we said, where are the oak trees? And sure enough, most covers, if there was an oak tree and it had acorns underneath of it, we were finding grouse within a hundred yards of it. Um, but that just goes to what you're saying. Like you have to adapt and you have to know to adapt. Like it's staring you right in the face. Like don't overthink it, which is, you know, difficult for me. (laughs) (laughs) I tend to overthink just about everything. (laughs) Cody's listened to all of my fantasy football discussions this week. And (laughs) yeah, for sure. It's a mixture too. I mean, you definitely, I don't think you can abandon, abandon the old, old data, but like you said, being able to adapt and, and kind of use the fresh stuff too. I think if you can find that balance and, and use the mixture, that's where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, all right. And then now a couple of things we're going to try in 2022. Yeah. That can be tactics um, gear. Yeah. There's a few things I'm going to try. Um, something right off the bat. I am pretty sure that you're going to try too. Um, and I guess I did try it a little bit this year. Um, not, not exclusively. I'll probably go more exclusively to a, a three blade fixed broadhead next year. Um, not that I've had any problems with the two blades. So I've, I shot the iron will just the regular solid double bevel. And then this year, um, shot both those bucks with a single bevel and they, they produce really well. I haven't necessarily had a bunch of issues. Um, blood trails have always been kind of spotty, at least at the beginning, usually the deer will open up. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's not the end of the world, but I'm kind of to the point where, you know, initially I was building my setup, uh, really for maximum penetration, not like crazy FOC ranch fairy type stuff. Um, but just kind of being able to maximize penetration for elk, obviously elk shoulders and stuff are a little bit different. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm shooting a 500 and I think 530 is where I ended up this year for arrow weight, 72, 73 pounds on that Hoyt. So I'm kind of to the point where I'm like, you know, am I getting a little bit more penetration with that two blade? Yeah, sure. But I'm probably not losing enough that it's going to matter if I go to a three blade and I'm probably going to get a little bit better blood trail, um, you know, a little bit better wound channel. It's it's kind of six one half dozen the other, but that's something that I'm probably going to play around with more this this coming fall. And yep. Yep. you know, to be honest, there's some quality three blades that are a little cheaper and a little bit easier to sharpen. I'm looking forward to the <laughs> easier sharpening. Um, one, yeah. I mean one one iron wheel head because you've got. It's got, I mean, it, it's a blade all the way around it. So even the rear part is a blade and then you have the little bleeder blades. I mean, it, it takes me an hour and a half to sharpen one head mm-hmm. to get it to where like it's sharp, 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 like dangerously don't touch this sharp. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to look at, I'll look at three blades as well. You know, that's the thing with those heads though. Like the, the two deer that, well, I've killed three deer with them, but uh, the first two or two of them that died, you know, instantly, you know, they didn't know what hit them. They ran 60 yards and fell over, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like I, I can see them in sight, but when it, when you can't see them in sight, that's, you know, it, I'm not saying like I'm planning for the 
planning for the what if, but just finding some know, more balance, I think. Yeah. And, and, you know, not every deer is going to fall in sight. That's the thing. Like I want to be able to pick up that blood trail right away. And with that buck this year, I didn't pick up the blood trail for 35 yards. Yeah. So and that makes it tough, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah so I'll give I, that a try as well. Yeah. And I had, uh, so actually I had some annihilators this year, um, that I carried in my quiver. Um, and they flew really well. Everything worked out pretty good. Um, I did notice a little bit more wind drift on those at, I think it was at 50. So when I would shoot my, um, single bevels and my annihilator side by side at 50, I was getting a little bit more wind drift, um, on the annihilator. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't really getting it yet at the, at 50 at the iron. Well, I think I shot them to 62 and it was obviously pretty much the same. So, I mean, that's something to take into consideration, but to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not shooting deer over 30, you know, maybe 35 and good, good, um, circumstances and even elk I'm probably shooting 40 so I'm not you know that wasn't a huge like negative for me I think it's something to keep in mind if you're going to shoot a three blade um but that's really the only difference I saw as far as flight goes obviously you want to be well tuned you want to have the right arrows I mean all the all the things to shoot a good arrow to begin with but but yeah I didn't see a lot of huge difference flight wise that's good that's good to know yeah so Jimmy had good luck. He uh he shot a handful of deer with him, so he always shoots a handful like he of deer. Does. Yeah. He's calling the butcher. <laughs> right. Jimmy the butcher. <laughs> yeah. He uh he did well. So but yeah, that nice. it you know, all the all the stuff I saw, the deer I helped him with, help him pr- you know, process and stuff. Every wound channels look good. So nice, nice. What else you got as far as a couple of things you're gonna try? Um, one thing that's been on my list, I don't know if I'm going to try it yet. I haven't decided. Um, I thought about going to, um, like a scope from UltraView, um, probably a double pin, something that I could put a lens in if I wanted to, like for tack. Um, oh, okay. A couple of reasons. I mean, tack's kind of up in the air for us. It sounds like they're probably still going to have Michigan. Um, I think they're working on a new venue, but you know, we'll kind of see what happens with TAC. And then I'm going to, I'm actually going to work through shot IQ from Joel Turner. So I guess that's, a, that's kind of like my big project this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to get through that before I make any setup changes. I just want to see, you know, if that's, if that's going to change some things that I was maybe looking at, like from a scope perspective, you know, so um, that was the other big thing, but, but shot IQ is probably my big project. So I'm going to kind of go through that before I go through any more bow setup change, I think. Right, right. Man, it'd be cool if they did uh, for TAC. I don't know as if they will, because I don't know what the resort's like, if it's big enough, but uh, Mount Bohemia up in the UP. They posted a picture today that I assume was Michigan, but I don't, I couldn't tell what it was. Like something about looking at a new venue, hope it, hope it pans out or something. But I had the same thought. I wonder if like that's in the UP or something. I don't know. They posted that today. Yeah, I think on yeah. Facebook or Instagram, I guess I don't remember, but but I mean there's a ton of guys that come like from Wisconsin, Minnesota, so I guess it would kind of make sense if they went that way. I don't know though. Yeah, that would Oh, wait. I don't know. I don't know. Their uh their uh post is a little um Fake. ominous. I don't know. It's kind of yeah. hard to tell, but that would be cool if they went to the UP though. Like I think that would uh I don't know. You got to drive further, but yeah, 
So we'll see. Hopefully they get something figured out soon so yeah, I can get, sure. uh, get vacation time squared away, but nice. We shall see. Um, what else you got? What are you changing? Well, other than the, other than the three blade, um, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, my own full bow tech this year. So, uh, go hunt had a sale on presses. So I got a press, uh, that was my Christmas present this year. So, uh, that's actually sitting at my in-laws house right now. Can't open it till Christmas day. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'll have that. I've wanted a saw for a couple of years and rather than continuously borrowing either a buddy's or my stepdad's, I'm going to get a saw and I'll have a draw board, um, to go along with the press. At least I'm pretty sure I'm getting, I'll get a draw board. Um, we'll see if there's funds for that or if I just need to eyeball it. But, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, it's 45 minutes to the nearest shop. And by the end of last summer, you know, the amount of gas that I spent driving back and forth to that place, you know, probably could have footed the bill for a press. So, <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, it's not like I'm going there for serious things. It's like, hey, I need a half twist put in this string to spin my peep. Mm-hmm. So that's something I want to be able to do here so I don't have to, you know, take off work early to get there in time or leave Alex with Claire or something like that. So yeah, they're handy to have. Then you're yeah. not having to rely on other people and you can just kind of do it at your own leisure. So that is not a bad idea. Yeah. So that's the, I think that's the big thing. Um, as far as a couple of things I'm going to try. Um, otherwise I'm, you know, I, I I'm not going to do the shot IQ thing. I'll probably go back through the stool and knock. That's a nice, the original one anyways. I like that one a lot. It's a good reminder on stuff and just kind of working through that, being more consciously aware of the shot and not, um, not just flowing, I guess. As you put it earlier today, we, we were chatting about this. You're doing shot IQ, like just not, not getting your stuck into autopilot, which is fine. Like it kills deer, but. If you it's want to shut it's it off. Not. Yeah. It's not till it's not. Yeah. yeah. That's so. a problem. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I feel pretty good about the mechanics, uh, when it comes to shooting my bow, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time there and now it's kind of just sharpening up the mental game. Um, and Joel, like, or, um, Joel Turner, you know, he does a, he does a really good job with everything he's done. If anybody's familiar with any of the, you know, the elk stuff he's done. Um, and I'm not very far into shot IQ yet, but, but, um, he just, he makes sense, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, just being more in control, you know, of, of the process right now, I have a process that I always feel solid with, but then it always moves way too quickly in the moment. Yep. Not necessarily to my detriment, but like, you know, perfect example. When I shot that first buck quartering two, uh, talking with Jimmy on the phone, uh, when I was walking out to my truck and, you know, we were talking about, yeah, he's quarter two and start talking about, well, was, was his front leg back? Was his, you know, back leg forward, how are, and it's like, you know, I had to stop and think about it. And it's like, man, I'm like, "Mm, maybe 80% sure that the leg was forward, but then it's like, but I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah. You know, and I just want like with shot IQ, I think the whole, you know, the whole thing is you're just more in control of the process and you're kind of working through the steps, uh, much less of that kind of rushing through things. So like with, once I'm through shot IQ and I kind of get things broke down, like that's where I feel like I'll be much more aware of 
you know, where the deer was, where the elk was, what the angle was, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's just kind of sharpening up the, uh, the mental game now for me. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. And that's, and that's good stuff for, he, I mean, he, he applies this to archery and he applies it to handgun rifle. Yeah. Um, guys, a SWAT, he runs SWAT team, I think. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, it's a lifetime subscription, so, you know. You oh, I didn't know that. that. Yeah. I thought it yep. was like a, like a one-time use kind of a thing. No, no, it's a lifetime subscription. So you can, you can run through it now. You can run through it again. I mean, when, when Brady starts shooting guns and bows, he's going to, we're going to go through shot IQ together. So it'll, cool. uh, I'll get my money's worth for sure. Yeah. Very cool. I'll have to reconsider that then in the, in the next couple of years or something. Cause, uh, I thought it was a one-time use thing that makes much more sense. Yeah. So, yep. Once you, once you have it, you got it. So yeah. Very cool. Um, uh, otherwise I, I can't think of anything that I'm just going to try in 2022, like new stuff or anything like that. I'm just kind of, I don't know. Oh no. Something I am going to try in 2022. Owning birds. Like oh really? Uh, oh, I mean, there's there's nowhere near me that has birds. Isn't the, there some the, there's some disease or something with chuckers you have to be careful of, right? Isn't there something that makes those kind of like a pain in the ass? Well, see, this is where I need to look into it more. Like, I can do chuckers or I can do homers, uh, because okay. on public land in Pennsylvania, you cannot train with quail because they're a native mm-hmm. bird. Um, gotcha. Not unless they're in season, then you can. Even like. Like Tennessee Reds or Cortunics, any of those, just quail See, in general? Well, I need to talk to somebody that's more informative than the nice person that I called because they're like, they're like those yep, other but, quail fly like shit, though, I think. So, yeah, I'm, sure I'm there's not a guys huge fan of, that, yeah, I'm, sure I'm not like, a huge no, fan of Cortunics. Um, they're smaller, they don't fly well. Like, I like yeah. Bob's, they fly well, but they had the other stuff, not so much. So, yeah, I need to look into all that stuff and how much. I mean, I've, I've talked to guys that says like, I just, I just have my chucker in like a little rabbit pen. Like that's it. And then I grab them when I want them and there you go. But otherwise, are they like a one-time use deal? The chucker? Yeah. Yeah. I would buy. They're they're not launching them and and getting them again, obviously. Right. Like a Homer. You can launch them. Like if you tie them or something Mm -hmm. like that, but I won't because by then, by the time I start using them, Obi will have gone through training and autumn will just get a run mm-hmm. and she's been trained and whatnot so it'll just be maintenance and cleanup work and stuff like that um yeah so yeah i, I mean there's probably a few people listening that are laughing their asses off because like there's this guy's way too fucking deep with this already but <laughs> i mean it like i could get like feral pigeons yeah but those things are like rats with wings with their diseases and stuff like yeah i don't want to mess with that like that doesn't sound like a good idea yeah. Homer, so, I've, I've not messed with chuckers at all. Homers are super simple though. We, we, uh, we always had good luck with those returning and yeah. I use them up at Bob's all the time too. That's kind of where I got the idea from, but yeah, I might, we'd I use might. them like a couple miles away and they'd be hell. Sometimes they'd beat us home. Well, <laughs> see, that was the funny thing. I remember <laughs> asking you like, how far away did you train? You're like, oh, you know, a couple miles. And I was like, then they just know where to go. Like, I don't, I still don't understand how a homing pigeon, like you just bring it home and you just, you just let it out. 
yeah. flies around and it comes back. Or if you drive four miles away to go train and it just knows yeah. where to go. Like that part's just weird to me. Yeah. I don't know either. It's kind of magic, I guess, but yeah, it's like the yeah, dude that simple. I thought there's, I think there is something though. You'll have to look it up. I don't know if it was like disease or ground. T- I thought there was something like weird. You kind of have to be careful with with chuckers space. I think space Maybe is the big a, one. Like, gotcha. uh, cause that I did read that. Like they need, they need X amount of space per bird. Otherwise they'll beat the shit out of each other. Okay. And you'll walk out and you'll have like, no, like, that <laughs> like six yeah. chucker that are pecked to death. And there's just one standing in the corner. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just $60 worth of birds. Oof, so, yeah. yeah. But no, if I did chucker, I would buy like a month, a t- month at a time from a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, enough to run my dogs, you know, a couple times each throughout the month just for maintenance purposes or whatever. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, I need to do more research into that. So I'm not quite there yet. So, mm-hmm. so Alex is pumped. Let me tell you what, <laughs> she is thrilled. We're going to have birds. Really? Not at all. I was going to say that. <laughs> not at all. It was nice. Cause the pigeons, we kept the pigeons at Casey's house. Oh, well that's handy. So yeah. Yeah. He, uh, whether he liked it or not, he got to deal with them. They're yeah. messy. I mean, I, they're a bird. It is what it is. But birds are messy. Chickens are messy. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Serve their, they serve their purpose. Yeah. I did get a chuckle out of the story you told me about the one homer that you guys hated. And he took it like several miles away and it still came out or something like that. Yeah. I think he ended up shooting that one for one of the dogs, if I remember right. Because yeah. I remember. Yeah. I think it was just a, like an asshole. I think it was just. Like kind of a, the bully of the bunch, it was always getting after the other ones, and yeah, tried to get rid of a couple times. I'm pretty sure that that one got shot for one yeah, of the dogs, well. if I remember right. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Yep. It happens. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, other changes, I'm always tinkering with stuff, so I'm I'm sure I'll be I'll be tinkering with things. But um, yeah, shot same I, here. Shot IQ is my big thing. Three blade, three blades. I'll uh, I'll mess with. I'm trying, I guess like more long-term future, I'm trying to learn more about like land ownership and stuff right now, you know, as far as like, mm-hmm. uh, being able to invest that way and then obviously have something for recreation. So I'm spending a lot of time with that right now. Um, listen to some things that kind of pique my interest and, and a lot of that kind of makes sense. So that's, uh, that's a long-term plan. That's not like a 2022 plan, but that's something that'll definitely be occupying some of my time too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that. Uh, get someone on to talk about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting. So we can, uh, we can certainly do that in the future. I think that'd be good. People yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, want to move forward here? Yeah, I think so. All right. Keep things rolling. What's like next up is our best stories from the year. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to pick. I guess it's hard to pick just one. I mean, I've, I've been super fortunate this year. I've, like I said, I had a good, I've had a good year overall, really. Um, you really have. Yeah. Other than, you know, getting sick in Montana. Yeah. That was uh there was a, there was definitely a stretch of bad luck. So I, I paid my dues in Montana. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you did. <laughs> honestly, you know, outside of like, obviously, you know, I had a good Turkey season, had a good deer season, you know, elk, we had a good trip. Um, probably, probably one of the funnest things I did this year that 
I really wouldn't have expected to be so much fun as um, Jimmy and I did a squirrel hunting tournament. And that was a riot. Like I haven't squirrel hunted like that in so long. And we like, we pretty much spent the whole day and we did like extremely well. Uh, That's pretty just sweet. Chasing squirrels all over. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. I'm, I'm sure we'll do it again this year, but um, yeah, that was fun. And I'm like, like I said, I, that was maybe like the second time I've squirrel hunted, like targeted squirrels uh, yeah. in my life. But yeah, it was a blast. So I have a yeah, new squirrel. 22 now that I'm looking forward to using for squirrels. <laughs> oh, after you went, you went and bought a 22? Well, I've I've always needed another one. I had a Remington that like I didn't really like. Um, oh, I, I remember just never, that. I never got around to getting another one. And then, um, yeah, somewhere had uh, Ruger 1022s on sale. So I bought one uh, this winter. But that was definitely part of it. You know, like, ah. Because last year I just borrowed Jimmy's. So now I'm right. like, well, I have, I have my own uh, 22 for, for a little bit of squirrel hunting now. So Yeah. And, and you know, the nice excuse of having a three-year-old, four-year-old boy is that, well, it's going to be his someday. So and actually, you know, him he, the gun. Well, and he's actually, <laughs> he had his own 22 before he was even born. Uh, Jim. Oh, I, my, I remember uh, My that. father-in-law got him one. So, yeah, he uh, I'll actually get to keep this one. Nice. Or, there you or go. Addy will get it or something. But, yeah, yeah he's got yeah, a few true. guns, so. He'll be uh, he'll be set up well when the time comes to start shooting. That's solid. That's cool. Nice. What about you? Um, What's your uh, favorite story or, or part of this past year? You know, it. I don't. I I guess I don't have. I have a couple that stand out. Um, I guess the favorite. My favorite story to tell is the one of me shooting a grouse in Idaho, <laughs> because it was just a just a just a a series of humility, just uh, compounding after compounding of, of just funny shit that just happened just because I wanted this grouse. And yeah, it was just, you know, it's sitting there at eight yards on a limb, it flushed up and you know, the sound of a grouse immediately. (laughs) I mean, I didn't even hesitate and I was pulling a quiver, uh, pulling an arrow off of my quiver and getting it ready. Yeah. Saw it sitting there, plunked it, and proceeded to have to chase it down a steep grade with my pack on bow in hand. <laughs> my phone fell out of my pocket. My uncle's picking up all of my shit as we're going down the mountain, goes into a bush, flies. It, it doesn't fly because the wings are broken, but it like glides out of the, out of the bush, I guess mm-hmm. underneath a tree. And finally I get it pinned and I take that, that, uh, the big unleashed, uh, Phelps tube and, used it as a grouse bonker <laughs> so I could get my grouse. <laughs> so nice, beautiful blue grouse. I'll be able to put the tail fan up on a, on a frame that I have of a map in Michigan. So that was yeah. probably, that's probably my favorite one to tell because it was just like, okay, picture a guy that's six, three, 200 pounds with a pack on running down a hill after a one pound bird. Right. I don't even know if they're a pound. <laughs> Yeah, I don't but, know. Yeah, so those grouse are fun though. It's kind of addicting once you, once you get some opportunities at them. Well, especially when it's slow. Like all of a sudden, you just yeah. start looking in trees. Like, where's something to shoot? <laughs> These oh, are yeah. tasty. So all the time driving back, like driving back down to camp, we'd be definitely have our eyes peeled for grouse. So yeah, I yeah, hear you there. Sure. I hear yeah. you there. But uh, but otherwise though, like you know, bird camp is always a riot. It's always a good time. 
Um, and I mean, it's always a good time. And this year we had a lot of fun just as we always did. Um, you know, that last day we moved a bunch of birds and it was just, just stuff like that, you know? So nothing, yeah. there are zero stories from Turkey season. So I'll not <laughs> tell any of those, but, right. uh, yeah, I, but, uh, I've, I've won and it was, it was pretty quick. So I know we don't need to, <laughs> we don't need to relive that, but yeah, it was, I, it was a good Turkey season. Yeah. I might not even go Turkey hunting this year, man. Oh, I might, I might try the last two weeks, like the, uh, game commission folks kind of gave us the tip on and spend the first couple of weeks bluegill fishing or something, but you need to take a know. long drive West. You, you come out here and humble your ass. You do it, please. Are you going to make me come out there and show you how to kill a turkey? Yes, I will. <laughs> I've got a guest bed. <laughs> I've got a beer, I've got a beer fridge. Like we're set. We're fine. That sounds good. So. But, uh, what kind of goals you got for the upcoming year? So something you actually told me this past summer, you mentioned, maybe it was the spring even, it had to have been in the spring, um, talked about how Jason Phelps will kind of write, he'll take notes throughout the season, things he liked, things he didn't like, things he want to change, do differently. So I didn't, I didn't quite do that. Um, but about mid season or so, I, I don't know. It was one of those nights I'm up late watching, watching Thursday night football or something like that. And I just started typing on my phone and the notes like, like hunting goals. Like, what, what do I want to change for next year? Mm-hmm. And it turned into, you know, a list on Google docs and, you know, I've got quite a few things that I kind of want to review, look at, go over, fix, change, um, and the best way I can kind of describe it is I have three overarching goals focused on fitness, prep, and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, fitness wise, you know, we talked about more cardio earlier. Um, I'm, you know, running, I hate to run, but like the bike isn't doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially it's not, it's not great for my hips. It's tightened up my hips even more. So more sure. running. Yeah. And that's just, you know, I'm starting slow with that. Like, I don't have a distance goal. I don't have a time goal. I just have a run three days a week goal. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes and what that turns start into. Somewhere. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. And like I said, I hate the run. Like, it's it's terrible. It sucks. It's not fun. <laughs> right. I don't understand how people say like, oh, it's it's the it's my favorite. I just feel alive. I'm like, I feel dead. <laughs> I feel death when I run. So. Right. Um, that and more mobility, really focusing on mobility more with my shoulders, my hips mm-hmm. and my lower back. Um, towards the end of the season there, like my back was really taking it from carrying that pack around, um, which I probably need to review how it fits too, but mm-hmm. otherwise, um, prep wise, you know, we moved a lot of birds this year we missed a lot of birds too. Um, so more wing shooting. I want to go at least one time a month. Um, there's a place half hour away that has pretty cool sporting plays course, all good guys. They give you a, they give you a guy to pull for you. Um, really, really fun time. And it mm-hmm. doesn't cost too much, at least to shoot. It doesn't. The shells are still 
outrageous and impossible to find. That is true. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that changes soon. Um, learn more about the areas I hunt. You know, understanding how the deer move in those areas and not just where the rut spots are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can, I think like in a year like this year, where, you know, at times I didn't really know where to turn on public land, um, I'd be better set up for it, I guess. Or at least having a having a better idea of I was like okay well there's no there's no stripes there's no rubs in this area this year where where could they be and having the knowledge of like well they do use the other side of the cut quite often too they could just be over there but do you have um do you have like resources or or people or what um like what's your plan for that or do you not have one yet it's pretty early as far as like just kind of working on that that part of the education with deer. Um, like have it, you found people that you, that, you know, kind of resonate with you yet or, or resources or whatever? Well, I mean, really the, the, the hunting public guys, I learn a ton from them every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and their yeah, biggest thing is hunting the fresh sign and adapting. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not there, it's not there. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Um, but otherwise I don't really have like a, um, a course or people that I follow. Uh, well, I guess that's a lie. Uh, Bo Martonic is great. Um, mm-hmm. his mountain buck series stuff that something I should be going through in more in depth and really, mm-hmm. really paying attention to the fine details of stuff, especially hunting cuts. I have a lot of cuts near me that I can hunt. Um, yeah. And understanding how deer use those better in the various ages of cuts. Yeah. You know, if a cut is super young, they're going to use it for food. If it's, more of like that woodcock cover, grouse cover, then they're probably going to use it for bedding as opposed to food. Right. So, you know, understanding that kind of stuff and remembering it on the fly is the big thing too. Yeah. Got to put it into practice. It certainly yeah. makes the, makes a difference. That's the thing with like the hunting public stuff. Um, it's obviously very like enjoyable to watch, but you can certainly pick up some things from those guys too. If you kind of go into it with the mindset that you're going to learn something, um, I think you can definitely pick up some stuff from those guys, you know, and they obviously put out a pretty good polished product too. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, from a tactic standpoint, I think they're good. Um, I really like Cody DeQuisto stuff. Like every once in a while, I'll just like search his name in the podcast bar to see if he's been on anything. Um, he, I mean, like you want to talk about someone that's just surgical when it comes to hunting deer, you know, and, and hunting the sign, knowing where they're at, learning where they're at. Um, you can definitely pick up some stuff from him too. And yeah, I follow Bo, uh, on Instagram and stuff. So I'm not as familiar with his stuff, but he certainly seems like a good resource too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Then, you know, I haven't done it yet and that kid's so busy, but I almost want to shoot him a message and just be like, Hey dude, can I just scout with you for like a day? Yeah. Right. Like like I'm never going to, I'm not going to drive three hours to wherever you're hunting. Like I'm not going to do that. I just want to see this stuff in the right. per, like in in person to just figure out how you go through it all. Yeah. That would be valuable, that's for sure. Yeah. Although I think he might be getting close to the point of being like if y'all want to pay 100 bucks to come do it, you can cuz <laughs> I think he could. I think he could do that. Like yeah. get set up a workshop or something. Yeah. Especially of him and there's another guy, Johnny Stewart is in the Pennsylvania area too. He kills some pretty good mountain bucks every year as well. Mm-hmm. I think those two could do pretty well with a course like that. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. 
yeah, I'll take a 10% of that bow if he ever listens to this too. So for <laughs> right. giving you the ideal trademark it. Um, right. What else you got? I kind of, kind of cut you off yeah. there. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, getting the A plus arrow build. Um, you know, you and I talked about this towards the end of last year, uh, this year, or maybe it was even after Montana, but you know, my arrow flight was good. Um, but I don't do all of this tuning and fine tuning to have an arrow flight that isn't perfect. Um, you know, I want that laser coming out of my bow and, you know, did the, did the B plus arrow work this year? Yeah, it did, but I don't know. I like tinkering. So I'm going to try to get that just understanding tuning a little bit better, understanding spines, weight forward, etc. What changes this? What changes that? So, yeah. Yeah. There, uh, I'm, I guess from an arrow perspective, I'm pretty happy where I'm at, but there's always that little bit of fine tuning, like you said. So yeah, that's something I'll be messing with a little bit too, for sure. Yeah. And then the last thing, um, I, I, I do have a curveball for you, but one of which is, is, is grouse like learning learning more about the habits of grouse why they're here mm-hmm. why why they're where they are um their habits throughout the day like that that's you know the habits throughout the day i don't know that well um you know i know that they they'll roost and they'll fly down roughly when the sun comes up and hits the trees they'll feed for a while they'll pet gravel in the afternoon then they'll feed again but like yeah you know, with deer, I know that in such a more fine detail. I want to mm-hmm. know that with grouse as well. Um, and a, and uh, something that I saw um, Cliff Enzor talk about uh, mm-hmm. hunting escape covers for grouse. So, like, you'll see these guys hunting in, I mean, like a white pine thicket. It's fairly open. Yeah. Well, they're... 200 yards away from a patch of Aspen and tags that just got hammered by a hunt, bunch of hunters. And, you know, I asked him, I was like, so are you hunting? Are you hunting it? Because like, why are the birds there? And someone asked us like the pressure, mm-hmm. the birds don't fly right back to where they are. They go to where they feel safe. So you have yeah. to find that spot. So say there's a cut or a cover that you hunt, find their secondary areas. And you're going to probably move uh, quite a, quite a few birds in those little spots. So figuring yeah, that out makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I read it and I was like, how the hell did I not know this before? Like, why <laughs> right. didn't I ever think of that? Yeah, true. So, um, and then the curveball for you ducks. Mm-hmm. Mm. A couple of years ago, Chris took me jump shooting for ducks. Loved it. We went last year a couple of times. We got a couple ducks um, this year we're starting to set decoys. I may or may not have bought decoys. Um, <laughs> got those off my buddy Nick for a good deal. So I appreciate that. Um, but I don't know anything about ducks. I know they fly South and that weather up North matters for what they're doing here. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I, I don't know where they roost. I don't, I don't know what they eat. Yeah. That I do us. Yeah, like I, I mean, I'm gonna go tomorrow morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, 
I'm going to go places where I've seen ducks. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Worst case I scenario, I watch the sun come up and drink coffee, I guess. So. Right. Yeah, waterfall is always, I mean, it always has looked super interesting, but I need another hobby. Like, I need a hole in my head. So <laughs> I, don't think, I, just, I don't think you'll see me being a waterfall guy anytime soon, at least. Probably not. And I mean, I'm not, I don't, <laughs> I, it's not like I'm, you know, gonna roll up here next year with a with a flat bottom and a mud motor or something like that but like yeah you know our 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 rival season's over and i'm at this point like if i had if i had a private land piece like our our, so our late archery season doesn't start until after christmas Mm -hmm. it starts this year on december 27th if i had a private land spot um where i had a doe tag would I go out? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give it a shot an afternoon or two. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm I'm pretty well done with deer yeah. hunting at this point. So I wanted to do something different. Um, and mallards taste really, really good. So there you go. try. Well, if you're duck hunting for the next, what was that, five days or something? You're uh, already a more serious duck hunter than you are a turkey hunter, so... <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> We're moving. I got to get list. up at three for ducks. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> so I have I have a lot of goals this year. Um, yeah. Kind of broken down, but then you know it keeps things interesting throughout the year. So, but what do you yeah. got? You're probably uh, a little more succinct than I am. Maybe. I mean, I don't. My my number one goal. Um, this year is, is honestly the same as last year and that's to kill an elk. Um, preparation for that's going to be pretty similar. Uh, it's probably going to start a little later this year just because we don't know where we'll be going yet. Um, last year we kind of knew Montana was where we were going to end up. Worst case scenario, we were going to end up in Montana. So I did a lot of e-scouting starting like this time last year. Um, and I'll probably put a lot of that off until the spring. Um, you know, I'll probably go through tree lines, do some of that stuff. But as far as like getting specific into a unit or into an area that probably won't happen until, I don't know, probably April, you know, we'll have a pretty good idea where we're going to be, um, Wyoming changed things a little bit. So that'll come out in May, June. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that's, that's always my number one goal. Um, probably the other the other big goal that I'm looking forward to, uh, and we've kind of started this a little bit already, but, um, with Jimmy buying that piece, uh, he had a lot of plans for habitat improvement and he's got some cool ideas. So obviously with hunting it there with him, I'm, I'm going to be helping him with the project. So we've started doing some of that already. Um, and it's a piece that has a lot of potential, like it's in a good neighborhood. There's some good deer there. Deer numbers are really good. Honestly, probably a little too good. Um, certainly need to be some does taken out of there but mm-hmm. like it's a it's a it's kind of a diamond in the rough a little bit right now but it's a property like in five years i think there'll be some good bucks coming off that um so we've we've kind of started that but um you know he's got a lot of plans get him food plots get you know get a trail system in uh gonna work on some access stuff it's uh it's been logged and it's pretty wet to begin with already but then the way it was logged there's a lot of ruts and stuff so right now it's super wet yeah. Um, so like a couple weekends ago, we started, you know, digging some trenches and stuff out to the culverts and trying to move some water and, 
and uh, certainly, certainly in the infancy of uh, of the habitat improvement project as a whole. But um, looking forward to that one too. So outside of that, I mean, Chad IQ is going to end up taking up probably a lot of my December, January. Um, my plan is to kind of go through the whole project, the whole course, I guess per se, and then I'll I'll start doing more shooting again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm a, I'm a member at our local club here, so I'll probably try to take advantage of. I can shoot at home, you know. I I certainly can get arrows in at home, but they have a 20 yard indoor range there too, and it's on my way to work. So I may try to a couple days a week, you know, leave early in the morning, half hour, whatever, and and try to get some arrows in at 20 and and do some more shooting that way. Mm-hmm. Um, those are probably the two big ones. Like I mentioned before, we're going to have maybe a little more opportunity to hunt some buck bedding. So that's, uh, something I'm going to try to, you know, learn more about, maybe be able to maximize a little bit more in the early season. Um, once the rut comes, it's kind of a, it's random anybody's game type thing. Yeah. 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 You so can, if you we can, can hedge get your bets on some of these bucks can, early. Yeah. You, you can put things in your favor, but at the same time, like you could have a deer run by at noon that you've never seen before too. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, so if we can locate some of these bucks late summer, um, you know, early fall, try to get on them early. Uh, I think that'll be, you know, that'll be a good thing. And it's something I like, I've always been interested in. I've just, you know, like the, the property I shot my first buck on, it's, you know, it's only got a few acres of woods. Like you can't really go in there and put a ton of pressure on the bedding. The, you know, the other properties, a 10 acre woods and like the bucks bed there sometimes, but a lot of times around the neighbors. So like, it's not like I can get real specific at those places. Um, you know, like I had two one thirties on camera this year that I would love to target specifically, but I, I never saw them in that woods on the tree besides that one morning, you know, I called one of them in. Um, but the other buck, you know, I was getting pictures of him back in August, September, got him back. You know, he came back around in October around Halloween, but I mean, my point is like, they just, their home area in that, that mile there is so big that it's hard to really, uh, target them. But this piece that Jimmy has, it's a little more compact. So I think we'll be able to do some of that maybe potentially at least. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that, that, you know, that stuff is fun. Like, like you said, I mean, right now you said it's super wet. Like I'll be, I'll be interested to see before and after pictures, if you've taken them or not of once you get a lot of that water out of there, what does that do to the growth? And that might change some plans immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to make a big difference. I mean, even, even the couple hours of work we did last weekend, you know, to get water flowing, um, made a big difference. And and I was actually talking with Jimmy tonight and things are kind of slowing back down and now we need to get back in there and widen things out and, and get flow going again. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's going to be super cool. I'm like, I'm looking forward. I know the day's coming, but I'm looking forward to like that first time Jimmy calls when he just like kills an absolute slammer off that piece yeah. because hammers a like a one forty five or a one fifty or something like that. Yeah. I, I hope he does it on a weekend when I'm home because I'm gonna be really pissed if I'm sitting in Grand Rapids when he calls me. But <laughs> I'll be happy for him. But I wanna oh, yeah. be in I wanna be in on that recovery. So <laughs> Yep. No, I understand that for sure. That'll be cool. Yeah. So that'll be cool. I mean, other than that, it just I think one of my goals, you know, um I guess not to be cliche, but my one of my goals in the fall is just to be able to maximize my time out there. Yeah. You know, set myself up from a, a perspective at work and home to be able to go out and spend, 
you know, seven to 10 days out West and, and be able to spend multiple weekends in the tree. You know, I think, man, I don't know. I think in October I was home maybe one weekend and that's because I had to work. And then, you know, we were out of town another weekend. And I think every other weekend up until gun season, like I was back home and in a tree. So always trying to maximize my, you know, my time, but make sure I'm setting myself up throughout the spring and summer to be able to do that too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And same here too. Like I'm right there with you as far as, you know, you, you do things now, you do things the spring, the summer, even during the week, um, in the fall, just get you that extra little bit of time out. You know, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have a cover that I can run autumn in that's 20 minutes away. There've been plenty of mornings where I don't start, I don't start working until 10 o'clock because I went and ran the dog real quick or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that stuff handy. is handy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but, yeah, I mean, I'm always looking to improve. Otherwise I'm, I'll be working on fitness stuff and you know, all the like that we always do, but those mm-hmm. are the big ones for me anyway. Yeah. Well, we've got some aspirations going into 2022. There's always something to do. That's the thing. Yep. Uh, and th- and there is, there is always something. I mean, even this year with that dough, like I, I did end up getting a dough um, with mm-hmm. my 450. You know, I've shot that gun for, well, I've had it for five years now, I think. Um, You know, I've never rushed a shot with that, and I rushed a shot with it at 13 mm-hmm. yards. And it left a big hole. Um, But, yeah. I mean, she, she died quickly, but, like, it was one of those things I shot, she dropped, she died, and I'm like, I rushed the hell out of that shot, and I didn't have to. Yep, like, been there. Yeah, there's always something to do, so. Yeah. Absolutely. You're good 2021 though. We're, uh, I guess today's the 15th. This will come out in another week. So by then it'll be almost Christmas. We'll be, uh, kind of peeking around the corner at, at 2022. So been a good year of, uh, hunting, fishing, podcasting. Yeah. Like it's been fun. Looking forward to another good one, hopefully. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll have some cool stuff coming up. We're, uh, I guess as a, as a reminder, we're, uh, we're going to be working on at least starting to work on soon. Um, that project that we had mentioned before, where we're going to have, uh, listeners come on and, and talk about their deer success story. So, um, if you've harvested a deer since then, or if you've just decided that you want to participate, we'd love to have you. So reach out, um, to either of us on Instagram, we're going to start working on that soon. And then I assume sometime early winter here will, you know, depending on the logistics of getting everything recorded, we'll get that out and, you know, maybe do something with Turkey or whatever in the future, but looking forward to that. I think it will be fun. Looking forward to, uh, interacting with some people that listen. So. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a good time. Just, I mean, and, and I think I'm looking forward to hearing the stories. That's, I love hearing campfire stories and, you know, I've got, we've got, I think seven so far. Mm-hmm. something like that lined up and willing to participate. And I'm looking forward to, to hearing the laughs and, and, and whatnot of those stories. So it should be good. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, kind of like you had uh, mentioned in the beginning, I, I know we both appreciate the support that we've had throughout the year. It's been fun. These first, I don't know, 20 episodes or so. So, uh, I think we'll have another, another year, hopefully, you know, packed full of good stuff, probably have some repeat guests. I know we've talked about some people we'd like to get back on that 
that were well received and we certainly enjoyed talking to and you know we'll have some new faces as always so zan sometimes you'll get stuck with just our two mugs so sorry <laughs> is what it is <laughs> yep yep <laughs> so yeah otherwise it's almost christmas so merry christmas early i guess happy new year tune in in 2022 as always thanks for listening and we will catch you on the next one